We're going to be in math. Sorry, we're going to be in Mark six. If you want to flip there already, Mark six, almost exclusively today. So let's pray. Well, Father, this is your time. Lord, would we, would we be attentive to what you want to say? Would we be receptive to what you want to say? Would we have fertile soil in our hearts and our minds? Lord, we ask you to block every distraction. There are many. We ask you to subdue every opposition. There are many. And Lord, would you prepare us to hear your plea for our life? Not by me, Lord, but by your word and by your spirit. So we ask you to come to make this time count. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Finding rest in Jesus. I was going to call it, come away with me, and then I thought, everyone's going to be Googling Nora Jones. Which I would invite you to do because she preaches the sermon actually really well. Um, in like 30 minutes. You could, you could see what she has to say about it. See if she has an amen. But let, us, let me start with this. This message is about finding rest in Jesus. And the reason I thought it was worthwhile. Because we can look at this and go, yeah, okay, that's. I'm not sure what you're going to talk about for 30 minutes. It seems pretty straightforward. But the truth of the matter is, is I would suspect we don't rest very well. That's just my suspicion. We don't rest very well. If you were to take stock about how you're feeling right now, how your body's feeling, your mind, your emotions, it might testify to that being true. Maybe you have to look back a couple of days. But rest is not something that we simply do well all the time. And it can really be a detriment to us. How many times... Have we had a period of rest? Maybe it's a weekend. Maybe it's a two-week period. Maybe it's just an afternoon. And we realize at the end of it, uh-oh, I missed it. I, I don't feel any better. I don't feel any more prepared for getting back into real life. That, that's a terrifying sensation and realization when we find out that All that time that we had designated to recharge ourselves, to put ourselves back in a healthy state, to be replenished, all that time, and we don't feel any better. That's terrifying. It's discouraging. Because we can't simply take time away and get rest. It's it's not that simple. There's a deliberateness to resting well. It's not simply just shutting off. 
something to testify to this. Do you know how much money energy drinks made? In 2018, it's staggering. Like, it's, it's a terrifying number. Just in the U.S., $3.1 billion. Just in the U.S., $3.1 billion. That's, that's, that's a lot. Caffeine drinks in the last many years, people are drinking three times the amount that they were just 10 years ago. What is, is this saying something? Those stats are saying something. They're saying we're exhausted. They're saying we're worn out. They're saying we're going too hard. And this message is not about working less. It's about resting better. Not even resting more, but resting better. $3.1 billion in the U.S. for energy drinks. Church, rest is God's idea. Always has been. Seventh day he rested in Genesis 2. The fourth commandment was to take a Sabbath rest. He said that in Exodus 20, a man was actually stoned for gathering sticks on the Sabbath in Numbers 15. Deuteronomy 5, God talks about remembering the Exodus, remembering what God has done on the Sabbath. Jesus was at constant odds, if you read the New Testament, constant odds with what or what shouldn't be done on the Sabbath, what the rules were. And he says this in Mark 2, verse 7. He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, talking about himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. And what I want to ask today is Calvary Chapel and, of course, Matt Vote. Is Jesus the Lord of our rest? That's a fair question, and I don't think it's a simple question. Is Jesus Lord of our rest? Does Jesus rule and reign over how we rest? Because getting that right changes the rest game completely. Is Jesus the Lord of our rest? So the passage is this in Mark 6, 31 to 33. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. They went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Now, before we kind of dig into it, I chose this passage because Jesus lays out an excellent plan for resting well in this simple conversation with the disciples. It's all there. The, the strategy to west, resting well, to getting the most out of the time that we have to relax and replenish, it's all there in those two verses. But I want to look at the disciples situation before he told them to come away and to rest because it's very similar to how we live our lives now jesus had them hop in all the time if you're a disciple of jesus while he's on earth doing his ministry he packed a lot in three years and the disciples who were not the sons of god 
came along every step of the way. But at the point of time that Jesus says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while, they had just gotten back from their first missionary journey. In verses 7 to 13, it says this of Mark 6. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing in their journey except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, they will not listen to you. When you leave, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Can you imagine? They were, they were released into their surrounding areas to proclaim that Jesus was coming to them. Jesus gave them authority to do the same things that he would do when he got there. To heal the sick. To cast out demons. But he was very specific that he sent them out with no provisions except his authority and anointing. There are two things that happen when Jesus says that. And that's, this is ministry. Jesus says, my presence going with you will be enough. I will take care of you. But he wanted the disciples to quickly get to the end of themselves. They didn't even bring provisions. And we all know this to be true. Despite God's anointing in our lives... When He uses us, there is a price to pay. There is a certain expenditure when God has moved us to move in spite of ourselves by His power. There is an expenditure that creates a certain fatigue that is hard to replicate. It can be exhausting to serve the Lord, even as He is with us. And so rest is needed. And the only reason that this is important is because when they got to this place, the disciples had just spent, what, days, weeks, potentially, moving completely outside of their power and strength. And so the come down can be quite severe. They truly were at the end of themselves. And Jesus, recognizing that, says, Come, let's, let's go away from here. Let's take a break. Let's recharge. And he knew that. And we know this place well. How the disciples were feeling coming back from that missions trip, we know that fatigue well. As Jesus has put many things on our, on our agendas, he puts things that are surprises, he put things that we have zero capabilities to do without his help. We don't know when it's going to end. We're not in control. And the same way the disciples felt, that's the crossroads that we feel all the time. Just worked a lot of overtime. You just did a huge project. You just finished exams. Whatever it is, when all that ends, you get to this place where now you have to decide, I know I'm on empty. I was probably on empty a few days ago. And what am I going to do? This is one of the hugest battles that the Christian faces. 
because we've all sensed exhaustion. And the disciples were in as exhausted as you can get mode. And the battle is always, will I rest in the thing that I hope will bring me rest or will I rest in the Lord? That's the battle. That's going to be the battle this, eve- this afternoon when you go home. That's going to be the battle on Friday night when you finish a long week of work. How do I feel better? Because I got nothing. And that's a real crossroads for us. And it's difficult to rest well, especially when we're so exhausted. How is that true? But the more tired we are, the more at risk we are of wasting the time we have to replenish. Maybe it's just me that finds resting so hard, but... Bed sales these days are making a killing on rest. Because now they're pointing the finger at your bed is the problem. If you're waking up tired, your bed is the problem. Right? But, but there's some truth to that. This is actually really true in all of our lives. Because we constantly wake up exhausted after sleeping seven, eight, nine hours sometimes. And then you have to look at yourself and say, something's not going well when I'm resting. Because I'm still getting back into the game and I'm not feeling any better. But that's so clear about how important rest is. And that translates into every area of our life. Every bit of leisure, every bit of hobby. We have to look and say, what are the results of the time I spent recuperating? How has it been effective? Has watching three hours of Netflix been effective? Do I feel better? Do I feel more full of grace? Have I become a better parent because of that time off? Have I become a better spouse? Have, do I feel closer to the Lord? How we rest is really important. So I just want to go through Mark 6 and I want to look at three different ways that we can rest well to get the most out of our time. And that's resting in Jesus. It's a relational rest. Okay, when I say, is Jesus Lord of the Sabbath? Is He Lord of our rest? We often think, well, no, I needed Jesus to work. I needed Jesus to minister. I needed Jesus to parent. I needed Jesus to husband. But I don't need Him to rest. I, he can rest when I rest. That's detriment. It doesn't work. It's a little unclear in Mark. Mark 6.31. He says... Come away by yourselves and rest a while. Now Luke 9, they, all of the Gospels share some um, recollection of this same event. Luke 9 says, He took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. He took them and drew apart. And so although Mark is a little fuzzy in this, The whole plan was that Jesus took them away on a bit of a retreat when they came back to him. And this retreat had three important components. The first was that in Jesus, they were able to retreat away from the hustle and the bustle of life. 
he took them away to Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida is not very nice. It's like a deserty pasture area where people bring their cattle to feed. But there's nothing going on there. Jesus fed the 5,000 at Bethsaida. And there was nothing around there for them to get bread or anything to eat. It's a field. And a pretty gnarly field at that. But he took them on the boat, went across the Sea of Galilee, and went to Bethsaida, which was a field. Time and time again, it was called desolate. Here's what desolate means. Deserted of people and a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. That was the desolate place. But in this, there's lots of truth. I went to a camp, maybe my grandparents just reminded me of this a few years or a few days ago. I went to this camp, Pioneer Camp, uh, really awesome place. But you actually had to boat to get there. You had to drive a while, get on a boat, get all your gear, throw it on the boat, and you actually had to drive this boat to get to the camp. Now that was a desolate place. It was actually really nice. But there's something to be said about leaving where we're at. Now, what I don't want to say with getting away from the hustle and bustle is that the nicer place you go, the most extravagant place you go, will determine the best amount of rest that you're going to get. The point is not that the hotel is five-star that the water is crystal clear, that the beaches are super soft, that the drinks are free, that the pool doesn't have a lot of people in it. That's, That's not the point. The point is not where you're going. The point is why Jesus called him to go to a desolate place. And the heart of Jesus in our rest is he wants our attentions all to himself. Is this the case in how we rest? Are our attentions devoted to Jesus in our holidays, in our time off, in the moments we have between appointments? Are we purposefully looking to Jesus and saying, okay, I I need to get straight with you. I need to get centered again. That's the point of going somewhere. You're setting yourself apart. There's a sense of consecrating yourself in a holiday. As you pull away from the pressures and the distractions of life. Often, we go somewhere for further distractions. And our holidays become super distracting. Now, I'm not condemning going somewhere nice. And even if I was, nobody would listen to me because it's like, that's not up for debate. You can't tell us that. And that's fine. That's fine. But the heart of Jesus is that we would go somewhere to get real with Him. To be able to look Him in the eye. For Him to look us in the eye. Because He wants our attentions for Himself. The second thing is we want to process with Jesus. So we want to retreat with Jesus. We want to process with Jesus. Right before this time, and Mark uh, 30, 6.30, the disciples come back from this long missionary trip and they want to tell him everything. They want to tell Jesus everything. Imagine the stories they would have had. 
Imagine the story. Jesus, I can't believe you prayed for us and stuff happened. You weren't even there and I healed the sick. You weren't even there. The demon just fled. The demon was terrified when I mentioned your name. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know I could do this before. The disciples would have been six-year-olds after their first day at school wanting to tell their parents everything about the day. And so Jesus says, you know what? I don't want to miss a single word you're saying because your life, your experiences are so important to me. So he says, Let's, I don't want to miss anything. Come, I, I can't give you my full attention. There's people everywhere. Everybody wants to be healed. Everybody wants my attention. But I want to put my attention on you guys. And so an important component of how we rest is processing with the Lord. How often do we ask his opinion on how our life is going? How often do we verbally process with him how our life has been? How often do we come to him excited? Jesus, you can't believe what happened this week. I know you were there with me, but I just, I can't, I got to tell you about it again. It was so exciting. And this is a crucial part of resting. It's this conversation with the Lord about life. Because he wants to hear every bit of it. Because he cares. And so he takes us to a place. He wants to take us away from the hustle and bustle. So we can be just his. So he can be just ours. And he wants us to talk. And talk. And talk. And talk. And talk. Kids teach us this so well. Daddy can you look? Daddy, look. Daddy, 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 look. Daddy, look. Daddy, look. How, when's that going to stop? When you look. And you, you, you better look, because he's about to get exasperated, right? But kids tell us, I, I, can't, I can't move on until you are part of this, Dad. I, I can't move on. It's this urgency. I need to connect with you on this issue. I cannot move on. So I'm more than happy to ask you as many times as it takes. I got to process this with you. I, I, I just want you to look at it just for one second. It means all the difference. And this is so important in how we rest. That we're just asking and expecting Jesus to look at every area of life. The things that we find important in life, he's really interested in. Because he's really interested in us. There's so much freedom as we process. It could take two minutes. It could take three minutes. It could be in the, car, in the car between meetings. It makes all the difference in the world. So we retreat. We process. And most importantly, I think we trust. We trust Jesus in the timing of our rest. Because we're not necessarily in control of our time off. We're not always in control when it starts. We're not always in control when it ends. And we're not always in control about what happens during that time. And this is a crucial part of resting well. You see, the disciples had been gone, what? Days, weeks? Probably days, weeks, I don't know if months, but they were gone a while. 
Jesus invites them to come and rest, they would have been exhausted. They didn't get a lot of time. It would have taken about two hours to row across the Sea of Galilee. All the while, people were making this six-mile trip from Capernaum to uh, Bethsaida, which is just around the top of the Sea of Galilee, which again takes about two hours. And the crowds were waiting for them when they got there. This is how our rest works all the time. As Jesus invites us, He sees where we're at. He sees how needy we are. He sees how worn out we are. And He says, why don't you come away with me? Let's take some time to ourselves. All the while, the crowd is making the journey and they're going to meet you there on the other side. And the truth of the matter is that as much as rest is vital to us. We have lots that have sent us into a time of rest, and we have lots that's waiting for us on the other side. Sometimes after your holidays is the busiest time. You've got to like recoup everything. You've got to answer all the emails. Some people don't want to go on holidays because they don't want to come back from holidays. And that's really the truth. After they got to Bethsaida, there was the feeding of the 5,000 where they had to scramble for food. After that, Jesus walked in the water and terrified them. After that, they went into Gennesaret and began ministering tirelessly. And after that, and after that, and after that, and after that. And in that, there's this little reprieve that Jesus calls them into, this time away with Him in the boat, this time away on this short passage from one shore to the other shore of the Sea of Galilee. Two hours, three hours, whatever it is. How much rest can you get in two or three hours? Lots if you make it count. Lots if you make it count. And we've all had things that we don't plan for when we rest. And the truth is, things come up all the time on our holidays. And we have to decide. Am I going to do something with this? Am I not? And the Lord knows. God sees exactly where you're at. And He invites us into a conversation in those moments. And it's really simple. God, is this something you're calling me to? This thing came up. Is this something you're calling me to? And if it is, we have to trust Him. We have to trust Him with our time, with our rest. I had planned, I had like a three-hour block yesterday afternoon to prepare, to pray, to be quiet. I'm an introvert, and if if there's a three-hour block, you protect that. Like, you protect that time. My wife had planned it for me. She was all set. It's like, amazing. And then I got some troubling texts about somewhere where I was supposed to be, and that three hours went away. And that's, that's, that's a tough one. But I had to trust the Lord in that. I had to trust that He was going to be enough. I was going to trust that He knew what I needed. Because rest 
isn't simply a holiday block in July. It's not simply two weeks off at Christmas. It's not simply guarding Sundays and doing nothing in that time. Rest is not simply setting aside time. There's so much more to resting in Jesus than that. Because resting in Jesus is an every minute, every day, every scenario conversation. It's very fluid. Rest is the constant retreating, the constant processing, the constant trusting of a life with Jesus. It's an intimacy that we can have in every area of our life. As He manages our schedules, He manages our meetings, He manages our stress levels, He manages our energies. Every minute, every day, every scenario. Matthew 11, excuse me. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. This is the gospel. This is the communion table. This is the thing we just celebrated. God's finished work in Jesus that we can rely on, bank on, cling to, fall into, crash into if need be, collapse. It's His finished work. And it's available for us all day, every day, every scenario. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And again, this is, when you hear rest, resting is so much a faith journey. It's not simply taking time off, it's faith. Is God going to be who God says He is in my life? Do I have to kill myself for this project? Do I have to replenish every reserve for this family event? Am I going to be okay in this crisis? And resting is saying, I don't know if I'm going to be okay, but I know that Jesus is. And it's resting every moment. And so it's important that we look at rest as we get into summer because Truthfully, we get it wrong all the time. And I don't want us to squander time off feeling no better on the other side. My wife asked, are you preaching on rest because you're going to a kid's camp for a week right after the service? No. But it's relevant. And I'm going to have many opportunities to rest well every moment of every six days that I'm there as well. We can rest in any situation as long as we're relying on Jesus. Rest is reliance. It could be two weeks off, two days off, two hours off, two minutes off. And in our hearts and in our souls, we get away with Him. Two minutes. Reconnect, look him in the eye, tell him how we're doing, trust him with the results, and we can find rest in the moment. Next year, 
we can see the energy drinks go down to like 2 billion annually. And we'll know we're starting to rest better. Maybe somebody else will take on the mantle, I'm sure. But church, do what you like on your holidays. Do what you love. Do what's restful. Do what's exciting. Do what makes memories. But do it in Jesus. It's that simple. Just do it in Jesus. Don't forget Him as you go away. Jesus is the Lord of every Sabbath rest. And He proved it again and again and again. It's not a secret to rest well. It's right in there. got to do it in Jesus.